the blushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Hello. <laughs> Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny, a sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher, the head of SAG-AFTRA, union leader. Uh, I am Shondi Pasquale, here with... Toria Sheffield. And we are talking about season six, episode 12, The Fran in the Mirror. Which I assume is an allusion to the Michael Jackson. The man. Yeah, the man in the, the mirror. mirror. It's yeah. like, I'm looking at the, the man, man in the mirror. Uh, also, and, yeah. I, I half expected you, because this is season sex, episode 12, to say season sex, episode sex times two. <laughs> oh, sex squared. Um, this that's, episode is written. That's not sex squared. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what math is. Uh, this episode is uh, has a is story by credit to Chandler Evans and Jane Hamill, and writing credits to Jane Hamill for the teleplay, and it is directed by Jennifer Reed. Wait, um, wait, yes, Sean. Yes. Do you think yes, that do. this is the yes. Chandler yes. who is Peter Mark Jacobson's assistant? I do. I do. Woo! I do. I think this is especially based on the structure of the writing credits here. I absolutely think Chandler got their first story by credit uh, after being an assistant, it seems, for quite a while. And then they gave the teleplay to Jane Hamill uh, and and she wrote it and got paid for writing it. But I bet mm-hmm. you that's exactly what happened here. And it's awesome. And I also want to bring up because I can't not bring it up when I say the name Chandler. I know. Uh, the sad, 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 sad passing <sighs> of the great Matthew Perry, who has gone far too soon from this world. A tortured soul, to say the least. He was one of the funniest people on the planet of Earth. He consistently made me laugh in almost everything I ever saw him in. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the bad movies that he did. He was funny. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very sad. It's very sad. Uh, how tortured he was and that he died so young and he brought nothing but joy to the people around the world. And it's sad that he could never find some of that inside. So I hope he's at peace. And And I think probably for the people of our generation and then so for a lot of our listeners, like it sounds so cheesy and corny, but like when you grew up on friends, like they felt like your friends, mm-hmm. like, like it was, it was a huge part of the culture. And it was a, also a time when, again, there was, there's so few channels and relative to now and, yeah. and really everybody watched where there were really huge communities around these shows. And like, you know, like it's to me, it's was one of the most shocking, like sad celebrity deaths, maybe I have felt in years um, and just was like, how can this be, you know? Um, but yeah, I was, it was interesting. I was curious if you were going to bring that up today. And I was kind of thinking, I feel like on our podcast specifically, it does make sense, you know? Very sad. And he will definitely be missed. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And now we'll start the show mm-hmm. in proper fashion. This one is Fran in the Mirror. Again, uh, we, we, we have a new director, Jennifer Reed, this week. Um, she has not, so far it's been, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
Uh, Peter uh, has been the primary director of all these episodes, I feel like, in season six. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to get someone new in there. And what was this episode about, Toria, Fran in the Mirror? This was the episode. There's a couple, there's almost like a competing A lines, A storylines in this one. But this is the episode where um, Fran is attempting to help get Gracie into a private school for gifted children while Maxwell's old best college buddy from Oxford comes to visit and kind of embroils them in a um, seemingly sham investment scheme. And then it all it all ties together thematically by the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it really kind of does. Also, we get a huge Krispy Kreme uh, oh uh, product placement in this episode. Oh, they, my God. We have to get to pay it. a fortune. <laughs> I want this. it. Oh, my God. And the thing is, I didn't realize it was Krispy Kreme specifically until like a couple minutes into the scene because I wasn't oh. really reading anybody's hats or logos. But I was like, oh, my God, those donuts look so good i just did did his job baby oh my god and then when i realized it what because at first i thought it was like a Krispy Kreme kind of like knockoff like that they had to do for like you know they couldn't get the rights or something but crispy donuts or whatever yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then i was like oh my god no and i i 100 want Krispy Kreme now so man you know what that sponsorship it has 30 years mileage (laughs) 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 it worked it worked even now you're like i gotta go there yeah Uh, Krispy Kreme we're happy to plug you all you want if you want to send us free donuts oh my god Uh, that's all we ask uh okay so this one also i thought had a lot of uh interesting greasy stuff which we didn't get a lot of over Mm -hmm. the last few years Mm -hmm. she's like a full-ass adult now huh i know i have some notes on that too like um but so but when we start this episode it's fran sylvia and gracie in the kitchen and oh my god and Sylvia looks incredible. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh you're, my you're so excited. God. You're jumping ahead to all I'm of it. So excited. There's but, so much. All right. Uh, so okay. So uh, they're in the kitchen. They're you know, and we find out that Gracie is applying to this like fancy East Side school for gifted children. And we also establish that they, you know, that Fran is is trying so hard to kind of like you know schmooze the headmistress of the school and kind of get in good to help the you know grease the wheels for this application process that she's invited like the headmistress and other students over to their home um, that that week for sort of a little music concert where, you know, she'll hire a musician like a, and, and, you know, have some food and hors d'oeuvres and just kind of do like a little classy soiree. Right. And then this is the other note of this scene. So as we've, I think we've talked about before how Renee Taylor in real life was told by her doctor that she needed to lose weight for health reasons. And I think, I think this was like around last season that this started in her real life. And now we see her in this scene and she, she's lost 30 pounds. I Googled it. Woman looks incredible. Like I was like. She looks like a different lady almost. Like she really, 30 pounds make a huge difference on her. It's crazy. And I mean, she looks fabulous. Like she always was fabulous Mm -hmm. and had that flair, you know, but she really, really, really looks stunning. And it's very, very uh, satisfying to, it feels good to compliment her looks because she did it for the health reasons, not, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's like, it's Mm -hmm. bonus that like, it also looks great on her. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And she's still alive t- too. Yes, yeah, she is. So she that's is. Just to show you, you can pull, if the doctor tells you, pull your shit together, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
pull your shit together and you can live a lot longer. That's mm-hmm. what I did. My doctor told me. Yeah. Well, sort I, of. Well, we talked we talked about this uh, that you before Sean started uh kicking his like health journey into play, his doctor said he had so much fat in his blood that it was pink, not red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was basically just filled with yellowish butter. And Delicious it like butter. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making that up, but that is a true story. It is a true story. And then he got so healthy. Yeah, now my and- blood is as red as can be. <laughs> Let's prove it. <laughs> um, but so, uh, no, so it's, yeah, pro, pro you know, uh, taking care of the your vessel because it's the only one we got. So good for her. Yeah. Um, then, okay, we established that. And as you said, Gracie is like, she's like as tall as Fran. She's like a whole human now. And then Maxwell comes in and he's super excited because it turns out he just bumped into his best old buddy from Oxford, Rodney Pembroke and and he's gonna go out to dinner with with Rodney and Rodney's gonna come over and he's like giddy with excitement and he's almost like Niles Niles do you remember that crazy night we all had where we drank and then we got sick all over the bathroom and then somebody left the bathtub on and it flooded everything and he's like I think that was you Niles and then Niles just goes no but do you remember the next morning when everything was spotless that was me. So it's like Mr. Sheffield, is, and this is like a little bit of a running gag throughout the episode. Like people keep inserting Niles into all these fun party situations, not remembering that no, he was always just the health, like, and he was not having any fun. It's extra. Um, it's extra gut wrenching because of Niles's subplot this episode. Oh, which the moment it started, I got a knot in my stomach, and I went, "Oh, he's never going to see that money." we'll get to it we'll get to it but there was also you know this was a bit of a um uh like when i when i complained about you being the logic police i was a little logic police this week because i was like most english people would know that like a lot of titles don't come with money and that's like there's a whole class within england of like title rich money poor people Mm, that's Um, my problem title rich money poor (laughs) And, and you'll do well to refer to me as Sir Sean De Pasquale from now on, please. Yes, Lord Sean. Lord, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's, it's Baron, actually. <laughs> so okay, so then we cut to the event that we were talking about earlier, and there's this incredible. You know, it's in the the mansion living room, and there's all these sort of young, fancy students mingling, and there's this incredible piano player playing. Like, I don't know what it is, but like Vivaldi or something, you know, on the piano. And we see the headmistress of the school and she's like, you know, sitting there clearly seemingly very charmed by it all. And it's going really well. And then she goes, you know, she goes, oh, Fran, you know, I realize like I don't even know anything about you. Like, what's your educational background? Which, by the way, why that while that might sound like a crazy question to some people, I grew up in an environment where people really asked that question. To Same. Parents. So did I. So did I. Yes. And that it was it, not shocking to me. I was like, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's shocking now. I go like, ew, what a gross question. But yes, <laughs> but that, that was very much the environment that I grew up in. It's one of the reasons why I actually really enjoy LA versus the East Coast. Yes. Because people really don't care. Like, they're like, what's your passion? What do you do? Like, what do you like to do? Like, that's the question. Um, not, you know, what is your, pedigree what is your educational pedigree but so anyway fran fran instantly like she tries to she tries to like you know spruce herself up so she's like oh um 
I had uh, I had a very positive experience with private schools, and you know some of my best memories are with my classmates, and then and then Gracie, like who usually is savvier than this, but she was like who, and then Fran just looks at her and she goes Tootie Blair and Natalie, <laughs> which, which are just characters from the Facts of Life, which which is just so funny that like that is Fran's probably closest uh, closest connection to actual private like school. approximation of school life yes yes and then Gloria, can i th- we can cut this because it's probably not going to be interesting but while that was happening my current adhd mood had s- progressed to the point where i did this and look at your slack okay let me see let me see slack is how we communicate <laughs> you did that just now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> okay, if we don't cut this, listeners, Sean just sent me a selfie of himself, a photo of himself. He's moved his large headphones that are normally, you know, they the part that goes on your ears goes on your ear, and then there's a part that rests on your head. He moved it down his face. So the part that normally goes over your head is just covering his mouth like a giant mustache. <laughs> It's so silly. We will post it if we decide to keep this in. It'll be a it'll be a game time decision. So, uh, Fran says the Tootie Blair and Natalie thing, and then you know, but but things generally seem to be going well. Like it's so funny. The Fran Fran also whoa. So so the headmistress is like, what a wonderful pianist. Where did you find him, Fran? He's not from Juilliard, is he? And she goes. No, he's the pianist at Macy's. Because <laughs> they don't do this anymore. But in Macy's, there used to be a piano player, like, yeah. which was kind of cool. Uh, but so so then things are going well and, and Fran's plan is working. But then Maxwell comes in with his old chum, Rodney, and they are hammered. Rodney, by the way, played by Maxwell Caulfield. Whoa, who, um, what? Two th- Two things that did you know? Do you not know him? You must no, know him. I don't know. Who is he? Oh my god. Okay. I didn't even so, recognize this guy. Oh my gosh. Okay. So some of our listeners will be like, "This is incredible," because the two big things that he is known for: one, he is Rex Manning from Empire Records. Oh, that's why he looks so familiar. Yeah, like Rex Manning Day. Oh, okay. I I mean, and it's so it's that's like such an iconic subplot of a movie that like yeah. if you if you had a shirt that said like Rex Manning Day, like people would be like love that shirt, right? Totally. Oh, absolutely. And then our other listeners who if they're like me will be like it is the main guy from Grease 2. <laughs> Oh my God, he was so dreamy. He was so hot. I don't know why I can't remember his name in Greece. Hey, Greece too. The music and feeling will go on forever. <laughs> his name, he played Michael. Michael, to, Michael, Michael. Okay. To Michelle oh. Pfeiffer's Stephanie. Yeah. Are you reading this or do you remember this? No, I'm reading this. That movie's trash. I saw it one time and I was like, Oh my God, no. If you saw it, if you saw it during the right time of your childhood, you loved it. I I thoroughly. Without having seen the first Grease? No, as a kid, Grease 2 was much better than Grease 1 to me. And my cousins, we all watched it at the same time. We vastly preferred Grease 2. It doesn't matter that, like, it's technically not as good a movie. Like, now that I can see that as an adult, like, I love it. I can oh sing my God. every okay. song. This is this is the question of the week. Listeners, weigh in because this is a huge. This could be partnership ending. We might not do any more episodes of this podcast <laughs> because that is 
the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I thought Grease 2 was universally despised by everyone uh, as as just like a laughable follow-up. You know, maybe, I'm, I'm sure you're right, but again, I saw Grease 2 when I was probably seven or eight. That's and it, crazy. to this day, I love it. But okay. Amazing. Listeners, okay. we want to hear your Yeah, we want to hear your opinions. I might be wrong. Everyone might be like, you're an idiot and you're old and your age is showing and we hope that you're the one who leaves the podcast now. And <laughs> yeah, Tori I mean, just does it by herself. It doesn't by, and, it, and then it evolves into a Grease 2 podcast. Um, okay, but so- Back to how this whole tangent started. Yeah. Maxwell Caulfield playing Rodney Pember comes in with Maxwell. They're hammered and Max, I mean, Maxwell busts into this classy party going, hey, sexy, let me get a look at those legs. Like, t- first of all, talking to his wife in front of his daughter, which, which <laughs> I already was like deeply uncomfortable with. But I was also then irate. I was like, Maxwell, like you are a horrible parent right now. I like, like drunk Max. I, like, I like him, like, in a vacuum, but I yes. don't like it when he's, like, I'm like, Maxwell, you should be at this soirée. Like, <laughs> you <should. laughs> you're, like, don't make this only Fran's responsibility. Like, you are, you've been this girl's parent for much longer than Fran has. But so then. um He so quickly fell into, like, well, you're the mom now. Goodbye. Yes. Yes. Well, I guess Niles probably had to do all this before Fran was there. Yeah, but true. so, but then, you know, but Fran, she, she ushers Maxwell and Rodney out of the room and she kind of like is keeping this elegant evening on track as best she can and she even like rings for Niles to sort of be like oh forget that little interruption like he that's called the butler for more tea as soon as she rings the bell we cut to Niles who's now in the like um foyer and he is opening his mail and he literally screams sweet lordy lordy my ship is coming (laughs) He just screams it in the middle of this party. And then he runs over to her and he's like, I just found out I have an uncle who died and I've just inherited a royal title. I'm going to be rich. And then Fran just looks at him and goes, did you get the check yet? And he goes, no. And then she goes, and get us more tea. (laughs) And so, so again, this evening definitely had some road bombs, but overall it seems Fran is doing a great job, you know, now seemingly being the sole parent of this child. (laughs) Then we cut to the next morning. Sylvie is now in the kitchen with Brighton, and I love this joke. She's tearing pages out of a magazine so she can save it, and Brighton's just like, Sylvia, why don't you just take the magazine home? And then she looks at him, and she goes, that's not courteous. (laughs) But like (laughs) ripping pages out of people's magazines, pre-internet, when like that was your only source. That was it, baby. (laughs) um, But so then- And you only got one copy. Yes. Like if you- if you subscribed to us, so, you know, if you had a subscription, you just got the one, the one thing, that's it. So it's very oh, rude to like rip pages out. Um, yes. So selfish. <laughs> it's like ripping pages out of a book from the library. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean? Like, well, I need these pages. Oh, I love no. this passage. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way for me to preserve oh. it here in 1996. <laughs> so then, okay. Well, so that happens. It was so funny. Then Fran and Gracie come in um, from what we find out was Gracie's second interview with this school. Um, two, and then I wrote two things. One, where is Maxwell in this seemingly very important part of his daughter's life? And then two, I wrote, 
I'm not loving Gracie's sort of new condescending attitude towards Fran. Yeah. Um, Cause now they're definitely playing it as like, Oh, she realizes Fran like kind of lacks class or Fran doesn't know the meaning of big words and blah, blah, blah. And she kind of is like, I roll. And as much as it bothered me, I was like, well, I guess she is a teenager now. And plenty of like sweet little kids become this way to their moms when they're, and it's heartbreaking. Uh, you know, I didn't really think of that angle, but I think that's fair assessment. And and then I would give them that that's probably what they were going for in this is mm-hmm. like, all right, she's a teenager now. She's a little sassier. She's like rolling her eyes a little bit. She's like pushing back, you know, at, at whatever establishment she has, which, you know, is in this case, Fran, mm-hmm. um, you know, so in, in the in much the same way that like, I feel like, you know, well, no, I guess, I guess Brighton didn't really go through that. Brighton, yeah. Brighton went through like a um, like a little spoiled <laughs> shithead face. Yeah, and then he became humbled, and now he's just like a mensch. <laughs> he's such a mensch now. It's it's really the Yetta in my head canon. His relationship with Yetta was a real turning point in his life, yes. and like it really chilled him out and like humbled him. And now he's just like a good like he's just a good he's a good guy. He's a good guy. A good <laughs> um. And in fact, um, he even goes over to Gracie at this point. He's like, you know, Gracie, I got rejected from that school. What makes you think you're going to get in? And she's like, "Um, I work hard. I have a 4.0 grade average. I'm a good writer. And he's like, well, fine. But, you know, if if I'd rather, you know, be smart or be good looking then. And she'd like, you'd choose either. (laughs) And he kind of (laughs) just nods solemnly. (laughs) So cute. Okay, wait, wait. One more thing. You have to cut this, but I just heard the (laughs) darkest joke. Okay, okay. We were talking about Brighton and what a nice boy he's become. And I wanted so badly to go, yeah, and then 30 years in the future when they have their reunion, you find out that he was murdered in the kibbutz he had in Israel on October 7th. Oh, my God. (laughs) He really embraced Judaism and then we lost him. (laughs) God damn. That – you know what? That really brought the – that really made the – crisis real to me when you said that <laughs> now i now i get it now you uh, feel it okay if, I'm, if we imagine we lost brighton um all right so we then, gotta cut all of that that's so oh horrible. absolutely oh yeah, yeah. We'll cut. Okay. but so um then um maxwell comes in and he is basically like <clears throat> Um, he's basically like, oh, like I okay, I actually have to go to London, but it's just gonna be for a day. We have an emergency meeting about a production. Like I'll I'll be back tomorrow night. Um, and he he actually calls out to Niles. He's like, Niles. And then Niles comes in wearing an all leather blazer and pants yeah. and an earring. Because apparently now that he thinks he has money coming to him, he's he bought he's, a bunch of clothes. Yep, and he's like redoing his look. He looks and- amazing. Uh, yeah, he looks good. He's also seems to have sort of started working out. Like yeah. I noticed that in that construction worker scene from the other week, he seems to be getting in shape mm-hmm. as an actor. But um, and then then Cece says Cece is also there, and she says something really cutting. And he's like, he's like, why can't you just be happy for me? I'm not used to people calling me sir. You're used to it. <laughs> it's just like a mean cut. But so, but then also, because uh, you know. Uh, Maxwell had called him in and then and then he's like uh oh and so Maxwell called him in and then he hears that exchange and he mm-hmm. goes oh boy he's like you know that 
that new title uh, must have come with a big check. Let me see it. And then Niles is like, oh, it hasn't come yet. And then and then Maxwell goes, all right, then go upstairs and pack my clothes. <laughs> like everyone's basically just like, you still work for me until, you know, until yep. you have that money. Yeah. And, oh, and one thing that we also, oh, I guess we're going to establish it in this next scene, but we kind of did establish it earlier that the thing about this Rodney fellow is that he is like one of England's richest people and like he's an incredible investor and like everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. So then, um, and we, oh, we actually, we did establish this earlier. I just forgot to mention it, but when they came in drunk and then like headed into the office, Maxwell said all that to Fran and he's basically like, Ooh, you know, I'm, we're going to go work on some deals. Like, because you know, Maxwell, uh, because, uh, Rodney wants me to invest in some things and like, yeah. you know, it'll just be insane not to. So they go off. Yep. So that because, was established because early. as we've already established, Maxwell is a greedy capitalist pig who is never happy with enough money. He never has enough and he just needs more, 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 more. He needs to gobble up all the money in the world. <laughs> and remember, he's also a slumlord. Uh, but so <laughs> then the next day, um, while Maxwell is out of the house because he's in London, Rodney stops by. And Fran and Cece are already in the office, kind of just doing their normal funny bickering. Um, and then Rodney comes in and he tells Fran that Maxwell was going to write him a check for the investment. Um, but, you know, he's out of town now. And the thing is, he has a 5 p.m. deadline. And he's like, so, but, I'm, you know, I'm hoping you can just write it for me, you know, because you're his wife. And then... Cece kind of jumps in almost to be like, no, 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 you know, because like Cece's the business manager. And then, and she, and Fran's like, well, I am his wife. And, and this sort of starts this little tension between them. Like who has, who has the authority to write or decide not to write this check? And uh, Cece's like, I'm the business manager. And Fran's like, well, well, I'm his wife and this is a personal investment. And she's like, um, Oh, she goes, but this is a personal investment being made by me and Max. And then and Cece just goes, but you're stupid. <laughs> like that was her that was her rebuttal. And then they start wrestling for the checkbook. I mean, because- I look, this is one of the rare times where I was like in Cece's corner. Toria, I gotta talk about how hydration is very important. I learned this recently. Hydration's not just for like running marathons and exercising and that. You need to be hydrated daily. It's daily maintenance, right? So if you're going to the airport or standing on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game in the hot sun, if you're on back-to-back conference calls, it doesn't matter, right? Proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product that you're missing in your daily life. Well, <laughs> maybe not you, Toria. <laughs> uh, it's true. I actually use Liquid IV. I've used it for probably almost two years now. Uh, it comes in so many yummy flavors. It's a little powder that you put in the water you're already going to drink. It comes in strawberry, lemonade, grape, lemon lime, pina colada, watermelon, so much more. Um, it makes you feel so much better, so much faster when you need to hydrate. And with just one stick of this stuff, you hydrate real life two times faster than water alone. So quit wasting your time with water. It's, It's for losers. It's a loser's game. Plus, you get essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of any leading sport drink made with quality ingredients, non GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, soy. 
Plus, this company, they want equitable access to clean and abundant water for everybody. And to date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So Toria, how do we get this stuff? So it's real people, real flavors, real hydration. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code Oh, Mr. Chef Pod at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Oh, Mr. Chef Pod at liquidiv.com. Use it now. All right. So, Are you- Toria, what's going what just happened? <laughs> okay. Okay, listeners, it's only been a few seconds since you last heard from us, but for us it has been a full week. Um we had to st- Time is weird. Time is weird. We had to stop mid-record. I had a random work emergency where I had to bolt into the office on a Sunday. Um so if we sound, you know, like I don't know, like if we have more like beginning of the ep energy instead of mid-ep energy that I'm sure you're all accustomed to, that's why because even though we're talking about an episode right in the middle. We're just starting for the day. So we're going to be shaky. Yeah. I don't even know where we are right now. I'm lost and alone <laughs> and cold, but that's probably because I didn't close my window before Sean. we started. I'm cold. He also got the booster and the flu shot. So he's, he's slowly dying. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> listeners, that's right. a little insight into us. That's where we were, so, okay. but here's where we are is Fran has just been approached by Rodney, <laughs> who, as we'll remember, is Maxwell's friend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> who is this guy? Oh, my gosh. Who's Rodney? Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, this is so frustrating to the listeners because they were just listening. To all just listening. Okay. Yeah, so basically, you know, CC and Fran, they're fighting over, yes. like, who has the authority to, like, cut this check. And, you know, right. and ultimately, Fran wrestles the checkbook from Cece and she writes it and she's very smug about it. And I felt like this was one of the first times where I was actually on Cece's side. Yes. You mentioned that you, you really felt like no matter what uh, they should have discussed this, but it's like, they should have discussed it. Like I get they're married and it's her money just as much as anybody's. But like if Elizabeth was going to write a million dollar check, I would really, really, really prefer if she talked to me. Well, I think the problem with this situation, though, is like Rodney came in and made it sound like Maxwell had already like been like, yes, I'm going to invest a million dollars with you and then just like had forgotten to write the check before five, you know? So Mm. so Fran doesn't realize that like potentially, I mean, yes, you you would hope that for a million dollars, you'd just be like, let me make a quick call. But I guess he's on a flight. I can see how it could happen. Um, yeah. But so what happens is then Jocelyn, Maxwell's sister, comes in just as Rodney is leaving with the check. Again, we're like, it's, inter- it's interesting that Jocelyn is here. and Maybe she's here to stay. <laughs> so I wrote that I, I made the same note where I was like, wait, is this supposed to be the payoff of Jocelyn's big return from a couple episodes ago? Right. Is she just pops up again randomly and says some stuff and then leaves again? <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, I don't know. But, so, but she's basically like, oh, like. That Rodney, like, so handsome, but too bad he's broke. And then Fran and Susie are like, what? And she's like, oh, yes. Like, everybody in London knows. Like, he's dead broke. And he's not only burned through his money, but he's burned through all his investors' money as well. And she's like, ta-ta. Like, walks out. (laughs) So, and Fran just has this look of horror on her face because she realizes she just cut a million dollars to a guy who apparently is, like, running through people's money and using them. Um, And Fran – 
And then Mac, uh, Cece's like, Maxwell's going to fire. No, Fran freaks out and looks at Cece. And then she's like, Maxwell's going to fire you when he finds out that you let me write that check. <laughs> just- <laughs> and then we cut to the next. You see, here's why I was confused. Because yeah. in my mind, we had already talked about this next scene, which is why I was like disoriented where we were in the episode when we came back. But I think you and yes. I just talked about this off mic because we're such fatties. I think we talked yeah, we, we talked about this before we even started recording last week, which is we did. We then Correct. get to the next scene. Fran and Cece are in a Krispy Kreme donut shop. And, you know, Fran's like Which which we should note Val is working there. Yeah. That's why they're there, is because <laughs> They establish in this scene that Val now works at Krispy Kreme, well, which I adore. That perfect job. That is how they explained Val. this product placement away, which is yeah. that Val works there, so she's like pouring them coffee, and and Val's just like, you know, Fran, there's got to be a way for you to get your money back, and <laughs> and Fran's like, no, you know, I already it's the best line ever. <laughs> Fran goes, no, Val, like I already called the bank. It's already in a Swiss bank account, and it's been converted into francs. <laughs> Val goes, oh, well, once you convert it into hot dogs, it's very hard to trace. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing line. It's so stupid and so brilliant. It's great. 10 out of 10. Amazing line. And then she and she delivers it so nonchalantly. It's not even like she doesn't try to sell it as like a bit. You know, she just goes like, oh, well, once it's converted into hot dogs, there's not much you can do. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then, oh my God, it was so funny. But, but then, you know, and Fran is like super defeatist about all this. And, and Cece's, of course, not helping. But Val's like, you know, yeah. Fran, this is so unlike you. Like the Fran I know would march right up to that guy and demand the money back. And Fran's yeah. like, you know what? Like you are absolutely right. Like, and, and, but she's like, but if it doesn't work, like I would like to work here. <laughs> like, it's basically what she says when on her way out. Um, but uh, assuming that if it doesn't work, she's going to be like knocked out of the mansion on her butt. But so Fran does indeed go to visit Rodney, who is, I, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, you probably just skipped the line, but I wrote, <laughs> I don't even remember why I wrote this. I must, she must've said something, but I wrote for that scene. I wrote, of course, Cece likes cops. A cab. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, did she mention cops in well, that scene? I don't even after, remember after now. After Fran walks out, uh, she goes to flirt with a police officer. Mm. And, and then he's like, try, she's like, hey, hey, NYPD, oh, I so blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever. So then Fran goes to see Rodney. <laughs> and, and, He's in this sort of lavish um, apartment, so fancy. And what was that? Was that an apartment? Was that I think supposed it was to like be his office slash where he? It felt like a mansion. I was like, where are they suddenly? Think- and why does he live here? I thought he was broke. No, I mean, I well, but here's the thing: we're not William. Yeah, we we understand that well, he's right. just taking a check for a million dollars. Maybe he's hoodwinked yeah. other people. He's in this very nice setup, and you know, she's just like, hey, like I know what you're up to, and I want that money back. And he explains, he's like, you know what, Fran? He's like, I, I don't want you to do anything that you're not comfortable with. But the only reason, truly, that I did not tell Maxwell the whole story about my situation is because I have been making incredible investments for my whole life. And I made one bad one. And everybody lost faith in me. And mm-hmm. and he's like, and, but, but I knew that once someone like Maxwell 
invested in me again, everyone else would follow suit. And he's like, I really, I just needed a second chance. And he's like, oh, you probably wouldn't understand. You know, you've never been the underdog. Yeah, that's like my childhood dentist who was arrested for abusing children and like hitting them was like, look, you hit one child and give them a black eye and they tell you you can't be a dentist anymore. What the hell? Did that really happen? (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag Florida man. (laughs) Then... Oh, but so, so Rodney says that. And the thing is, I have to admit, like they, he played, like it was an authentic, it felt very authentic. Like I, I myself was like, I can't tell if he's scamming her or not, but this seems like me neither. And he's like, but he's like, I'm going to go back into my office and I'm going to write you that check. So he goes into the other room and Fran, she literally looks at her reflection in the mirror in the room, which is where I guess we get the titular Mm -hmm. title. Yes. The Fran in the mirror. Here we go. And she's kind of like, what are you looking at? And her reflection is like, oh, you know, like you never needed a second chance before. And then she- The scene was very Mary Poppins. Yes, it was. It made me think of Mary Poppins. You know, when she like fights her evil self in the mirror, that, that like the, the other Mary Poppins in the mirror is kind of like mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this was like. But but so, you know, but, but in this case, the reflection, Fran, is the one that's like more her conscience, right? Her inner dialogue. And, you know, because so Fran's like, well, you know, but- Sure, I understand second chances, but but he lied to me. And then her reflections, like, and you never lied to try to get something, Miss. You know, you went to fancy prep school, and you know you're related to Mo of the Three Stooges, which was which was another lie that she told to try to impress the headmistress of this fancy um, school that Gracie's applying to. And you know, basically, the the reflection Fran is like, you know, you. You should give this guy a second. I chance. think I might start telling people that I'm related to a three stooge. <laughs> one of the three stooge. It's been enough time now that I feel like no one really would question okay. it. If I was like, oh yeah, Shemp was my like great great uncle. Oh yeah, my <laughs> my sisters. Um, she had a, she had a teacher in high school who was one of the original little rascals. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Smothers brothers are my second cousins, twice removed. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so then, um, so, you know, Fran, she's conflicted. My dad's cousin's brother was Harpo Marx. Okay, guys, this is going to go on forever unless we kill Sean. I'll just, I'll just mute myself and keep doing (laughs) this. Yes, yes, Uh, But, so Fran's empathy wins out in this scene. And we cut back to her at the mansion. Um, after, I should say, after the gag of where her reflection self is like, if you do this, if you give him a second chance, I'll give you a present. I'll show you <laughs> what you're going to look like in 30 years. And it yeah. cuts out. That was definitely Renee Taylor, right? I, I'm pretty it sure her, it was. I couldn't tell, but it, was like it looked Renee like Renee Taylor in a Fran wig. And it was very funny. Yeah. Um, but so funny. then we cut to Fran coming home to the mansion, taking off her coat. And me, she basically interrupts Cece. Um, Which, hey, 30 years later, Fran looks great still. Oh, yeah, so. she does. She does. <laughs> she looks phenomenal. Yeah. Well, but back at the mansion, Cece is sticking her own head to um, photos of Fran and Maxwell around the house. <laughs> and Fran comes in and she's like, you know, well, Cece's actually like, let me guess. You went to demand the money back. He said, you'll regret it. And then you let him keep the million. And at first, Fran starts to shake her head like, no way. And she's like, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then Maxwell comes back from London and he comes in, he's like opening his mail and he's like, oh, you guys will never guess what I found out. Turns out Rodney is dead broke. So glad I didn't invest with him. <laughs> and Fran, you know, she looks even more horrified. 
And she is put in the position of having to say that, well, she actually did end up cutting that check for a million dollars, which results in Maxwell chasing her uh, out of the house, uh, which, again, we've talked about this before. What would happen if he caught her? Like, what are they implying here? But but, but, but so then here's the nice thing, though. We then instantly cut back to like that fancy New York office slash apartment of, with Rodney and and Maxwell and Fran are walking in and and Maxwell is very much like on Fran's team or he's he's basically like you did this to both of us he's not even blaming Fran anymore he's like it's your you're at fault for like intentionally like tricking my wife right I was like thank God mm-hmm. he's, he's a little more reasonable but when they when they first walk into this space, it is completely empty. Like every single item of furniture is gone. And it looks like he has com- taken their money and run. Yeah. Uh, but he ends up coming out and, and they're like, you know, he, you know, Maxwell's like, how dare you? You know, this and that, this and that. And uh, Rodney is like, Maxwell, no. Like, I just made you $500,000. And he's like, what? And he's like, just like I thought, as soon as you invested in me, everybody else faith was put back in and everybody else followed suit and like you've already like you know are in a day have half your money back and you're like well on your way to making way more so it's like oh my god of course like Fran's instincts and Fran's good heart actually won the day right which which is a theme we've established and then you know Maxwell like goes back into the back room to um to like go call his accountant with Rodney and Fran, you know, looks in the mirror and she's kind of like, what are you looking at? And her reflection is like, you know, very pleased with her. And she's like, but you know what? This is a lesson. I'm for- looking at the Fran in the mirror. I, right. I hate that song. It's, it's one of his worst. I like mm. no joke. One of his I worst. Hate it. Right. Um, but so yeah. all the Michael Jackson fans are going to come after mm, us. Come at me. I'm sorry. Come at me, <laughs> come at me bro. Um, so, so then, you know, Fran's like, what are you looking at? And her and her reflection is like, um, yeah. you know, you know, good for you, but now it's time for you to start being authentic, okay? She's like, come clean to that headmistress and be your authentic self, okay? And she's like, or else I'll show Maxwell what you'll look like in 30 years. <laughs> so <laughs> so we then get to the next scene. Fran is sitting across from this headmistress in the uh, living room, and she's just pouring out every single lie she's told to this woman in order to impress her. And then she's like, and, and you know what? I'm actually like, I didn't go to a fancy school and I don't have this pedigree. <laughs> uh, the woman goes, well, of course I know you're classless, dear, but that's not the reason Gracie isn't getting in. And, and Fran's like, what? She's not getting in? And she's like, yes, you know, we, we just have so many children from privileged backgrounds like Gracie's. We're, we're going to give her spot to an underprivileged youth, youth from Queens, uh, which I thought was great. I gl- I'm glad that yeah. they were profiling that a little bit. It's cool. And then, yeah. and then um, Fran's like, wait a second. You're saying I'm not the reason our daughter's not getting into our dream <laughs> school. It's Maxwell, <laughs> because I think this woman, this woman had even said she was like, oh no, it's it's not your background. It's actually. It's, it's not. It's, she's yeah. Ma- still Maxwell Sheffield's daughter, and and then Fran is like thrilled <laughs> that, <laughs> that it's not her. Um, uh, and then the button of this episode, we are back in that Krispy Kreme. Thank and God. I'm telling you, Sean, I am going to go get a donut after this report. Go, go, go now. <laughs> yeah, like, so we'll stop the episode. It's like, a three part. That uh, stretches into oh, three be, weeks. <laughs> be really funny if we came back and we we're like, "Hey guys, it's the following Sunday. <laughs> we did go get Krispy Kreme." <laughs> Um, and well, here's the thing. Now Niles is sitting with Cece and, you know, Val's pouring their coffee 
And we find out that Niles's new fancy title is completely worthless. He didn't get any yeah. money. And to add insult to injury, he blew so much money on a new wardrobe <laughs> thinking he had money coming. And then Al comes over and she's like, I hate to interrupt, but Niles, your break is over. And he stands up. He puts on a Krispy Kreme hat. He's all he's working. He, also, he has some moonlight at Krispy Kreme. Sucks. To pay off all this this debt he's in. He's uh uh what is it uh a compiled, compiled acquired, acquired. Uh, yeah. and so he's mopping the floor and that is the button and they also got a second crispy cream product placement Mm-mm. 10 out of 10 i like this episode i was a big fan it was very fun it you know yeah and it's you know what i kind of realized i liked um and this sort of circles back to some of our um instagram commenters I was getting a little maybe uh, burnt out on the pregnancy, trying to get pregnant stuff. Um, Yeah, yeah. And it's nice to see other parts of Fran. Um, Yes. You know. um, Totally. And so that's that's the episode. It took us two full weeks to get through, (laughs) but we did it. And now that means it's time for segments. Segments. And now segments. Are we ready for segment? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so it's segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh my God, I just danced in my chair the whole time. Like I just moved and grooved. I I think it's hard to pick a favorite now because I have favorites for different reasons, but that's that's like maybe top two after I think it's that one and the um the one when we were um when we were out on the range, uh the adventure, the, the sort of the country one. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god. Um well th- that was the boogie segments theme. I think when we're done, I'm gonna do I'm gonna release a final bonus episode where I just play all of them in a row. Release an- I'll just compile all oh of them. Oh my god, that's release an album. In one track. <laughs> no, I'll just release like one, like it'll literally be just be one track that oh, I won't even I won't even speak on it. It'll just start with the nanny <laughs> theme and then just play segments for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> also, okay, because we have a little extra time and energy. I want to, I want to like, I'm going to actually record myself just like chair dancing a little to this and you also have to, and then we'll, I'll cut it together and just put a reel and it'll just be like a fun little, okay. like, listen, I would love it more than anything okay. to dance. <laughs> to dance you again. A little clown. Okay. All right. So here we go. Favorite lines and moments. Uh, I think by far, right. The top line of the whole show is, well, once it's converted into hot dogs, there's not much you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything beats that line. I mean, there's other great lines, but holy crap! The, the funny thing is, I I literally just have the hot dog line. Like that's like my first. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. The other one that I really liked was the lady from the school says, "Our curriculum is broad based," and Fran goes, "Well, what do the boys oh, that's study?" The other one that I have. <laughs> that's the other one. It, it, they're just such like classic. Like dumb dumb lines, I just great. love it. It's just great. You know, Fran associating the word broad only <laughs> with women. I, so I literally go funny. when we found out that Fran was told they have a broad based curriculum, and she says, "What are the boys studying?" 
<laughs> and then I did really like when the when the headmaster is very matter of factly is like, oh, I know you're classless, dear, but that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, it was pretty yeah. good. Like she wasn't fooled for a second. <laughs> and she does not. She's not even like holding it against Fran. It's just like you know, matter no. of fact. Yeah. And then um, those were those are my favorite parts. That was it. I did love yeah. Maxwell Caulfield because you know. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? I can actually share this with the audience and it will make sense. The beginning of this record, which was last week, we had our little debate about Grease 2. All, yeah. uh, all week in the car, I was listening to the Grease 2 soundtrack because I wow. had it in my head. I was like, if you really want to know what I want in the guy. Wow. Cool. Well, so, and after we had our little Grease 2 debate, <laughs> I never thought about Grease 2 again until you just brought it up just right this second, and I'm re-traumatized all uh, over. Um, well, okay, then we go into- Well, I can't wait to release, it's been two weeks now, but I can't wait to release this and find that our audience thinks I'm an idiot for not liking Grease 2. Oh, God. Our, our 90% female audience. Yeah, it's my age and demographic audience. Yeah. Um, Yiddish, we got Macker. Like you and, and Gracie yeah. says it, and she says it with this great um, Yiddish accent. She is, yeah. she was like, you know, a big time maker, which is like Yiddish for hot shot. You know, mm-hmm. I loved it. I, but like, always used in a. I only ever heard it used in a sarcastic, biting context. Yeah, no one ever used it like to genuinely describe someone who was a mover and shaker. It was always like, "Oh, he thinks he's a real macha." Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's like when yeah. it's like when Sylvia big calls shot. someone a, like, "Oh, you think you're a real hot shot? <laughs> you're a real big yeah. shot." <laughs> yeah, true. It's great insult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was. Sorry, I gotta start using that more to people. You gotta sol- start insulting people more. Um, when people are like say something like really insulting to me, I'll be like, "All right, hot shot." <laughs> And I'll cry. It's like my favorite for God for a long time. After I saw a boy's tale, a boy's story, a boy boy's tale with the Robert Shark's tale? No, uh, Shark Cartoon. <laughs> Shark Tank. No, the Shark Tank? A, long, a young Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, where he's like the abusive stepdad and he goes, You think you're a real hot shot, hot shot? You think you're a real hot shot? <laughs> but um, God, we're really okay. into child abuse this week. Okay. But <laughs> Nanny Trivia. Okay, this was so cool. And we have been getting so much amazing feedback, trivia, um, just interesting factoids from our listeners. So I'm, you know, I'm going to have to start including more of it. But one of yeah. our amazing listeners, um, mm-hmm. I w- I'll just say her handle. It's Tucker's mom. She messaged us via Instagram and Tucker's mom <laughs> has got it going on. She's all I want, and I'm waiting for so long. Tucker, can't you see that your mom's girl for me? I know I might be wrong, but I'm in love with Tucker's mom. Okay, you're welcome. Can I just say, oh, dude, yeah. yesterday, Monica and I were trying to think of a character name, and I was like, maybe like a Stacy. And I was like, oh, that's not good. I don't know a Stacy. And then she goes, I know a Stacy's mom. And it got me, it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but okay, so um, our wonderful listener, she wrote in and told us about an Australian artist named Kayla Coombs, uh, Kayla with a K and Combs K, sorry, uh, C O O M B S. She every single year she does something called Franuary in February, where Ooh, every day yeah. of the month she draws an image of Fran in one of her iconic outfits. And she's a oh. huge nanny stan, and she's like a digital artist. And these are so cool um, because it, it basically like cartoonifies Fran. 
Um, and so I highly recommend going to at Kayla Coombs on Instagram. She just has like such an awesome, delightful, like positive energy too. I think she also does like children's book um, illustrations and she just seems so cool. And she's, and like, she'll sometimes just like wear, she'll be like, she has something where it's like every day, I think like, would Fran Fine wear this? And if it's yes, I will wear it. Um, and her, her cartoons are just, I mean, not her cartoons, her illustrations are just so awesome. Like I would love to maybe even like reach out and order a print or something and like keep it on my office wall. Um, did you send me a link to this? Where do I see well, this? Instagram here. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for, thanks for straight up, uh, ignoring everything that comes out of it. here. I'll, I'm going to send you the, no, I mean, I just, <laughs> Let I, me do it. I thought you sent me a link. No, did I? Maybe I did. Okay. I'm going to send it to you, you right did. now. Hold on. You're going to take right. I'm going to look at this and then I'm going to see my live reaction. Oh yeah. We, as we know, we love when Sean does live reactions to live the reacts. art that I sent him. <laughs> Yeah, everybody loves when I do a live you're reaction. Gonna right, like go. so much, you're gonna like this so much. like this so much more than the last one that I sang. I clinked on the link. Clink. Oh, these are great. Yeah. Oh wow, she's really good. She's got like a really cool kind of almost Disney esque style. Yes, um, yes, it's like that she does here with Fran. Wow, these are really cool. Mm-hmm. Man, Kayla Coombs. Mm-hmm. So everyone, go go check her out. Follow her. I'm gonna. Yeah, her. go check her and out. Thank her you. Stuff is really cool. So much for that tip. Um, Tucker's mom. Also, I will say we got, even though we, I think already. Oh my God. She's got a great picture of Daria too. Yeah. Right. I'm Daria. a fan. Yeah. I'm stan. Yeah. Me too. Big fan. Um, I love her. But uh, okay. I was going to say also, um, even though we kind of also already established this in trivia last week, um, a lot of listeners wrote in to say that that whole not having sex while you're ovulating is a myth. And so, you know, a lot of people mm. also were aware of that. Um, okay. All right. Good to know. So the last thing, the last order of business, uh, the Fran or the CC or the whoever. I wish I was the Val, so I had a job at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> 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 but I'm more likely to be the Niles who will uh, believe falsely that I've made some inheritance, spend all my money, and then have to get a job at Krispy Kreme. So I really, I related to the Fran in that I, I do want to get better at this. And I, I'm trying not to be so hard on myself, but little lies, like little white lies can come very easily to me, like in certain social situations. And it's like, mm. they come out of, it, it's not like I'm like, I'm the heir to the Krispy Kreme fortune. It's more like, <laughs> you know, I'll like, it's like, you know, if let's say I'm talking to someone and then I, I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, I've, I, I've never traveled. Out of, I've never traveled there. Even if I have, like, just just because it seems like I'm like overthinking it. I'm like, well, maybe they'll think I'm like spoiled if I traveled there. So I don't want them to know that like I've oh. been to Europe. So I, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like I kind of try to mimic and mirror, so to speak. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, why did I just do that? Like, why did I just say that? Like, that was so unnecessary. And so you're like a little social chameleon. I think, yeah. And I, kind of. I um, definitely am trying. You know, kind of a little project for myself is being like, just be your authentic self in every situation. Like don't, it, even yeah. if you feel like maybe it's a little uncomfortable, maybe you're not going to like, maybe this person's not going to respond super well to you. Like just totally be yourself. Yeah. But it comes very easy to, to mirror. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm mirroring you right now, Sean. <laughs> That's our whole, Stop. our whole friendship is based on me just like mirroring. Stop doing that. Stop, Stop doing that. 
Stop it. No. No. (laughs) All right. Well, that was a podcast. Uh, That was an episode of this podcast. Mm -hmm. If you liked it, if you think I'm very wrong about Grease 2 or very right about Grease 2 or have any thoughts about Grease 2, really, uh, you should find us on Instagram and Twitter at oh Mr. Chef Pod. We've also got the Redbubble still, uh, omrchefpod.redbubble.com, where we've got some cool stuff that you can buy to put on your body or your phones or wherever, whatever, whatever. They sell a bunch of stuff, and we got some cool stuff there. And then also, um, I rarely do this, but I, I'm, I'm going to do it this time. I am co-hosting a podcast with a friend of mine who is an attorney, a social media attorney. And, um, I basically, (laughs) I'm basically the idiot and I ask a lot of questions about law stuff and he answers them for me, which I find to be very helpful because I feel like a lot of times when you try to listen to law podcasts, it's just lawyers talking lawyer stuff and it's impenetrable. So if you want to listen to that, it's called the social media law cast and I'm on it. Um, and, and you can find it where podcasts are. And listeners, I'll tell you this. I will never listen to this podcast over yeah. my dead body. I'm I'm yeah. viciously jealous. I can't believe yeah. he would go behind my back and do this. But I'll also say this. His co-host, a dreamboat. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, am con- I am conflicted. <laughs> mm, just listen to his half of it. Just, just mute every time I speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> mm. and it's not ready yet but we've been recording video so eventually he's gonna put up there's like a video mm. element so you could just go watch the eye candy I guess. yeah you, you gotta tell him you gotta be like you know my other co-host constantly talks about your dreambo set <laughs> it's the only thing i bring <laughs> up about this podcast <laughs> anyway yeah social media lawcast i don't know if that's something that's interesting to you go listen to it if not mm. totally understand no offense taken um and as always we'll be back next week with another episode we're gonna be on episode 13 of season six mm-hmm. or season six mm-hmm. um barreling through this season i'm very excited we're we're i can't you know what i can't believe i can't believe that the friend of the cc bit has worked for over 100 episodes <sighs> that we didn't just peter out and stop doing that i'm really impressed with us I, well it's, it's a testament to the writing because they always you know they always they make it relatable yep. yeah uh, all right toria guess what Goodbye. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm -hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, Should we get into our segments? Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. 